Breaking the Borderline Stigma. I'm Kristen Nicole. I'm a life coach for highly sensitive women and women with borderline personality disorder, helping you to create a protective emotional skin to learn to love all of you and to let your gorgeous light shine despite the darkness. And by the way, I'm also a highly sensitive person and a BPD conqueror myself. Well, hello, my friend, and welcome back. I am so happy to have you here, as I always say. Welcome back to another episode. And in this episode, I'm probably going to keep it relatively short, although I think I said that the last time and it ended up being one of the longer ones. So we'll see. But what I wanted to talk about today is this idea behind fixed meaning making. And before I go into that, I want to talk a little bit about what is fixed meaning making or a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. This might have been something that you've heard of before, but I think it's really important to go into and explain because um, a fixed mindset is something that a lot, a lot, a lot of us, I would say the vast majority of, majority of us get stuck in. And I had heard this this term between growth and fixed mindset before, but it wasn't until I started doing my coaching work, all the coaching training that I've done and the the coaching work that I continue to do, um, where I really saw how it plays out in my life and in the lives of my clients and other um, coaching members that I see. Um, So I I do this feminine power work and it's been really an incredible experience um, because I, I mean, I've heard women who have just in this, this program with me um, who have said, and this is what, what I bring with to my clients because that's just so powerful. They've said like they've seen more growth in the amount of time that we've spent in this program that we're in together than they have in like 10 years of therapy. Um, and I think it's because the woman that I've learned this from, um, Dr. Claire Zamet, like she's just really amazing when it comes to teaching and bringing in the coaching techniques in a way that helps to break through a lot of the trauma that we experience without so much reflecting on the past. I mean, there's some in there because a lot of who we are gets formed when we're younger and we create these meanings about ourselves and it becomes fixed inside of us. And so the idea between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, a growth mindset essentially is the possibility of something else. And knowing that things aren't finite. So for example, if, if you say, I am a bad artist, 
or I'm a bad musician, or I can't sing, or um, I'm overreactive. That's fixed meaning making. Those are that's a fixed mindset that is is basically shutting down all possibility of ever improving, of ever improving your art skills, of ever improving your singing skills, um, of ever becoming someone who is less reactive. And it makes sense the way that this all happens in forms and how this comes to be. But what happens um, in a growth mindset is instead of saying, I am a bad artist or um, I'm a bad singer, it's I haven't learned the skills yet to become a great artist. It's basically opening up the possibility for change and for a new story. It is instead of essentially like identifying, pushing these traits onto ourselves, identifying ourselves as as having these certain traits or these certain characteristics. Um, instead it's, it's, it's pushing that aside and instead saying, Hey, I I haven't learned this yet. I haven't accomplished this yet. Um, like in the case of, if you feel like you overreact, Oh, I haven't learned the skills to not react in the situation yet but I'm learning, right? Like that starts to open up the possibility. And I know it sounds something that's like really simple and it is and it isn't. Um, the, The idea behind it is, but it takes some work to get there. And it's, but it's really important because what happens when we create these fixed meanings, often these shame-based meanings is we stop growing. And so when these fixed stories are often created, particularly when it comes to BPD, and I honestly think that this this goes back to a lot of um, mental health struggles. But again, like I always say, I'm not a therapist. So this is my um, observations that uh, and kind of the research that I've done is that we create these fixed stories by our as our younger self um as our younger somatic self so our younger physical self we create these fixed meanings that happen to us when we were younger um and it makes sense because a lot of times the the way that these come about is it's a self protection mode um, the reason that these fixed meanings come about. It's a way of protecting ourselves. But it, and it's, it's how we end up um, creating these, it's basically like simplistic reasons or meanings behind our value or worth that our younger selves made. And this is a trauma response because it is a self-protection thing. So for example, um, you know, in a world where our caregivers hold the power, where our caregivers, we assume as children 
that what they did was right, that they knew exactly what they were doing. That's the reaction of a child. That's certainly the reaction of my children. I can't tell you how many times my son has asked me questions about things of which I know absolutely nothing because, uh, you know, I don't know everything. And he, he'll ask me things about dinosaurs all the time. He knows more at the age of seven about dinosaurs than I have ever known in my lifetime. And I always try to tell him, you know, buddy, you're the expert. But that is the perception of children. They, they believe that their caregivers really know everything. And yet at the same time, as they grow older, of course, you start to question, right? But as a younger child, when we make these fixed shame-based meanings, it comes from situations where we assumed that often, I would say, that the adult knew 100% what they were doing and that what they were doing was right. And that's just not always the case. Um, now, the, the thing to know is that growth within us stops where a fixed meaning was made. So if something happens as a young child, and I can certainly say that this is true for me, um, we stop developing and figuring out a way to basically get out of that meaning, to get out of that quote-unquote personality trait, which it's not a trait, but um, we stop questioning. So like, for example, I was horrendously bullied as a kid for eight years, um, for a solid four years. I don't remember like first grade, I don't remember the ages of six to 10 or 11 years old, really. There's, I think I might have one memory of that um, from each year, if that, um, because I was so horribly bullied and I, my subconscious doesn't allow me to remember a lot of it. It's, it is protecting me. But what it taught me as a kid was that I was wrong for who I was, um, that me at my core, there was something wrong with me. People didn't like me. They didn't want to talk to me or they just wanted to make fun of me. That's what it taught me. And so for a long time as an adult, um, and sometimes this still, this, I mean, I still, I recognize that this comes back to quote unquote haunt me, <laughs> but, um, I, I made this, this, fixed based meaning that who I am is wrong and I'm not a likable person and that everything I do is just going to be made fun of. And so I became very distrusting of people. Um, and within that, my interpersonal skills stopped. I, I didn't really learn, even though I, I could still interact with people, I didn't really learn how to cultivate those relationships. Um, I didn't really learn how to interact in a way like I just was always afraid that people were going to make fun of me. Even when I got into high school, I, I talked to people. Sure. I wasn't as shy, but I didn't, I certainly wasn't as open as I could have been because my growth got shut down at such a young age. And it wasn't until I started doing all of this work 
in coaching where I've, I've really come to, to realize, I mean, it started with DBT. That's what kind of got me more to a baseline, but all, a lot of this self-discovery has come from my working with coaches, which is why I really believe in the power of it. Now, that being said, not all coaches are created equal. So you have to find a good one and you have to be willing to recognize your own patterns and, and, and start to create some self-awareness. Um, and, uh, I, I think I, I'm trying to remember, I heard somebody put it earlier this week. I think it was self-acknowledgement turns into self-awareness, basically starting to recognize the patterns that we're doing. And then self-awareness is then like becoming now, okay, now I have this awareness of this is how I am perpetuating this story. And it can be really difficult. I just want to normalize that because when, when we are in this state of hurt and pain, the last thing anybody wants to think about is how they could actually be perpetuating that, you know, how, how, how am I playing a role into what is happening to me? That is a really, really, really hard, um, almost sentence to think, um, or, or even kind of wrap your head around. And hopefully I haven't, I haven't lost you. Hopefully, hopefully you're still with me as, as I'm saying this, because I know it can be really triggering. Uh, I, I mean, it, you could very much be like, fuck you, Kristen. I'm not, I'm not creating this in any way, shape or form. And I totally would understand that. Um, because that's how I was. And there's still often things now, now that is not to say, and I always say this, your trauma is never, ever your fault. The reason I say, but it is your responsibility because it's, it's your responsibility to figure out how to break those cycles because nobody else can do it for you. Unfortunately, I wish that somebody else could come and take it all away, but other people are the ones that caused it. So we have to figure out how to be our own advocates and advocate for our own well-being and part of that is understanding our responses and how they could be making that story repeat itself. Um, so, so fixed, fixed meanings that we make, this is something, and this is actually a, a big idea, like one where I could write out a whole lesson plan essentially and go through and it would take a while um, on kind of fixed versus growth mindset and fixed versus growth meaning makings. But the, the core thing to, to keep in mind is that when we were younger, something happened. Often, I would say, now granted, and I always say this too, it's hard to make generalizations, but without having someone on the, uh, like a, a specific person in front of me on the other side, it's, uh, you know, I, that's all I can really do right now is make a generalization is that it was likely a trauma that happened, whether it was a big trauma or whether it was a mini micro trauma that continued to repeat itself over and over again. And that 
caused us to make a fixed meaning about ourselves. But it is a trauma response. It's a reaction. Because, understandably, based on the reactions we received by caregivers, we understandably assumed that what they were doing was right and that they knew what they were doing. And so if they knew what they were doing and if they were shaming me for something that I did, I must be a shameful person. I must have, I, there, there must be something wrong with me. Like you can start to go down this whole spiral, but our caregivers are human too. And they're often um, kind of reacting from a place of trauma as well just may not even be aware of it. So if you take, for example, like the fear of abandonment, this can come from someone who left at a young age, left you when you were young. It can also stem from being neglected. And so if someone who was supposed to be loving and caring for you, left you, or neglected your emotional needs, you can create this fear of abandonment that, hey, my parent, my caretaker, they're supposed to love and care for me and they left me. So why would would anybody stay? Why wouldn't everybody leave? Because they were supposed to love me no matter what and they left. And it's the same if if it was an emotional need not met, if it was emotional neglect. You know, you you could be telling yourself a story subconsciously of my mom or my dad or my caretaker, whoever it was, wasn't there. I was too much for them. My emotions were too big. Um, And so, and, and if I tried to share my emotions with them, all they did was ignored me. So I'm not safe to share my emotions with anybody. Because if I do, they're going to ignore me too, or they're going to leave me, or my emotions are too big, so they're going to leave because they can't handle it, because my mom couldn't handle it, or my dad couldn't handle it. That is where, hopefully that's kind of painting the picture a little bit of, of where this this fixed meaning making comes in, because as kids, we basically have told ourselves, we were wrong for X, Y, Z because of doing this. And so as adults... We do everything that we can to keep that from happening, but oftentimes what it does is it just perpetuates it more. It just causes it to happen over and over again because we find ourselves in situations it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to control this. And granted, this is happening on a subconscious level. This is not something that you are likely aware of. It's not until you we start to grow this um, self-awareness piece where you start to recognize a lot of those patterns. And so that's where working with a coach helps. Um, And that's where if it's something that you're interested in, certainly um, you can schedule a discovery call with me and we can talk through um, what coaching would look like and if it's something that would be right for you and I to, um, to work together. But that's what a coach does. That's what a good coach does. And oftentimes they do it in conjunction 
they can. It depends with the, with a therapist. Um, I always have my clients, if they're working with a therapist, I require them to stay with their therapist because I'm not a therapist. But I work with them on these these habits and behaviors of, okay, so say it's in the area of love and relationships, of identifying, you know, what is it that you really want a year from now or six months from now or whatever. And then we start to kind of work through, eventually we come to what are some of the the barriers and then how do we shift that? It's really a very like rewarding and beautiful process, but it does take time. Um, And anytime you do any sort of healing work, it takes time, but it's totally worth it because it took a long time to get into the feelings and the way that you are right now. So it makes sense that it takes time to get out of it. But it doesn't take as long, I would say. I don't think. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I don't think it takes as long to get out of it as it did to get in it. Because a lot of times we get in it without really realizing that that's what's going on. And so once we start to become aware, we can much more quickly get out of it because we can start to recognize. Now, there's a bunch of stuff that goes into that, right? Like there's some um, somatic body work that needs to happen, particularly if you have a lot of trauma in your past. Um, And then there's also some of those recognizing where are the fixed meanings? Um, Where did the growth stop? And then what do I need growth-wise to be able to move forward? So I hope that that makes sense. Um, If you have any questions, please shoot me uh, a message. And I just want to say for everybody who did reach out to me on Instagram over the past few months, I so appreciate it. And I'm so sorry it took me a a long time to get back to you. That was not intentional at all. Um, I realized over the past week and a half or so that I'm certainly not as well-versed in recognizing when I have um, message requests on Instagram as when I do on Facebook. Uh, Facebook gives me this nice big alert essentially. And Instagram is very stealth. <laughs> so I I had gotten several messages from people and it really, I, I, I have to tell you, it was just one of the best things because I was coming off of, um, I had had a very difficult call and I was getting into that kind of self-doubt. And, um, and so to see that it just, it couldn't have come at a better time. I just feel horrible that, I mean, some some of you had had messaged me like months ago. So I do apologize. It was genuinely not um not something that I realized had happened, so I was not meaning to to take so long to get back to you. But so I do appreciate that. But now I'm I'm more aware of that and I'm trying to pay more attention. So if you do reach out to me, you're welcome to reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook uh, or you can shoot me an email um or you can go via my website and submit something however it's best for you. Um, I would appreciate it. Uh, or rather I would say, um, however it's best for you, I am happy to receive it. Uh, but if you have any questions on this, please let me know. I can also talk on this further. Um, if you have, if you also have something that you would like to hear more about, 
I will work that into kind of the, the podcast episode lineup so that I could talk more about it because odds are, if you have a question about something, or if you would like me to talk more about something, odds are likely that someone else has the same, same question, or they would like more information on that same topic. So that's it for me for today. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate you. Have a great day, evening, night, um, a great weekend. And until next time, take care and um, be well, my friend. Bye. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like one-to-one support, sign up for a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.